Hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of Mindful Morning. I'm Ashley Walkney. I'm a coach, a counseling grad student, a wife, a daughter. And on this season of the podcast, I want to talk about two things that might seem in conflict peace and productivity. You see, as human beings, there's that deeply human part of ourselves, the part that wants to be productive. It informs the kind of partner or parent you are, what you bring to your work, whether you stick with your goals. It's the action. And then there's that being part, a rarely inhabited but deeply real space inside our own skin, a wiser part of ourselves that perhaps can inform the kind of action we take on a human level. So what I want to argue, and what I want to explore, is that it's not one or the other. That to live a fulfilling, purpose-centered life requires connection to both, the human and the being parts, peace and productivity. But how do we do it? That's the challenge for us all. And that is what the season is all about. Hey, everybody. How are you all doing? I hope you're having a really good week. I am. It's been super busy here. Um, But let's see. My husband is working really hard on this um, willingness thing that we were talking about last time and the idea of uh, clean pain and what happens when we are unwilling and turning it into dirty pain and all of that. Um, and it's going really well. He's actually lost nine pounds since, uh, the last week's episode. So I'm really, really proud of him. So this week I want to dive a little deeper into the mind specifically and how it all works, uh, related to language. So we basically have a GPS system between our ears. We call that the mind. And it's amazing, right? It can detect roadblocks before we see them. We can strategize, find other routes to get around. But if your GPS started to send you down a suspicious road, if it took you in loops that led you to nowhere, you wouldn't want to depend on it, right? You would want to be able to find your own way out. And our mind does this sometimes. It can send us in circles or in the opposite direction we want to go. It can take us down some really dark roads, Our temptation when this happens is to keep listening to it or to try and reprogram it, change its settings. But it turns out that the GPS was designed and programmed for a specific purpose, and it's not very good at navigating outside of that. So if you've been listening to the podcast, I know that you really care about the direction that you're headed and that the journey you're on is important to you. I also know that you've had an experience of coming to a dead end before. Maybe you've even met a crossroads at some point and had no idea what way to turn. I also know that you've gone in circles at times and that you've driven through some pretty difficult storms. And I know this because you're like me. You're human. We all go through this. And what does any one of us do in those situations? When that happens, it doesn't matter how smart you think that GPS is in your head. You're going to want to know how to find your own way. 
So what I'd like to do on this episode is have a look at how all this works within us so we can have a better idea about when to listen and when doing so isn't so wise. Because once we know that, we can figure out the direction we really want to go and we can head toward something really meaningful. And this season is all about peace and productivity. And you've probably had bursts of both of those things before. You see, in my opinion, when your decisions are guided by what you really want to be about, and when you can navigate toward that with flexibility and purpose, then you can head toward a kind of peace and productive life that is so much deeper than a feeling or even a checklist of goals. So check it out. It's pretty cool what we have learned about this stuff over the last 30 years about this GPS between our ears, it's actually programmed by language. So I'll share with you a little bit about how that all operates, not just as an opinion or what the research has to say. I really want to prove it to you now. Because then we can ask ourselves, how is that working for me? Which is the question I'll then leave you with for the week. So here we go. It doesn't matter What language you speak, language is used to form relations between things. We learn these relations and they influence what we do. So for example, if I give you a plate of food and I tell you the food is really hot, you might consider waiting or you might blow on it before you eat it. And you can't explain that to your dog or your cat, right? You'd have to actually wait till the food cools down before you gave it to them. You could train them to wait until you gave the order, but they're not going to be able to understand the relationship between food and hot unless, at the very least, they've learned through a bad experience. So if I ask you, imagine laying on the beach, your favorite beach on earth. I'm imagining being in Greece. It's my favorite beach. If I ask you to do that, you could get a sense of how amazing that feels without even being there. And if you knew that playa meant beach in Spanish, and I asked you to imagine it, you could do that even though I changed the word because you have a sense of the meaning behind the word. And if you didn't know that playa meant beach in Spanish until I said it, now in one second, you're able to get it and have that same sense of what it feels like to lay on the playa. And that's how fast our mind is programmed by language. So as we acquire language, we give words meaning by learning how words relate to each other. And any two words can be related, even the two words that are totally opposite or totally unrelated. That's still a relationship. So anything, same as, similar, before and after, cause and effect, I versus you, slower than, bigger than, I could go on and on. Every word in human language, no matter what language you speak, has meaning that is created through our understanding of the relationship between words. And this is awesome. This is so powerful until that power is turned on us. Because when you understand the meaning of less than, you can apply it to yourself. So you can give meaning to the words, I am less than you. So you can place meaning on anything through language. If a certain experience you've had was combined with a feeling of fear at one time, that experience becomes something to fear. But what if that experience is something like love or your dream? 
Now that GPS tracker has put a relationship together between two things, and it starts warning you, I know you want to go down that road, but what if this happens? It automatically wants to reroute you back in the opposite direction. Once language is turned on us, we instinctively try and troubleshoot the GPS and use it to get us out, even though it's the one that led us into the jam. So is this a good idea? Does it really work? So here's where I want to prove it to you. I, let's see what happens when we try to troubleshoot the GPS. Let's go back to the beach you were imagining. I don't want you to think about it. Seriously, when that thought of yourself relaxing on the beach with the warm sun on your face, when that thought shows up, just don't think about it. It's really bad. It'll really depress you. So whatever you do, don't think about it. In fact, I'm going to hook you up to a lie detector so that I can tell if you think about that warm, beautiful beach. You'll get an instant jolt of electricity. This lie detector will shock the crap out of you if you dare think about that beautiful beach. What do you think is going to happen? You'd be fried, right? The more we try not to think about something, the more we often do. So here's an idea. Change the word. Every time you think of beach, you know what? You should just switch your thinking. Switch it to Facebook. Think of, think of Facebook. If you think of the word beach, think of Facebook. Facebook, okay? Now, this feels like it could work, right? It feels like we've got some kind of control. It seems like we've reprogrammed that GPS tracker. We've found a route around, but I can show you that that's not true, that the GPS system is actually still going to reroute you back to the same place. What do you think of when I say up? You think down. If I say left, you probably think right. And now if I say Facebook, you probably think beaches, right? Two minutes ago, these two words were unrelated. And now I've stuck them in your head. And you may even go on Facebook tonight and every post you see will have a beach in it. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? You start thinking about something and then suddenly it's everywhere. So again, a word entirely unrelated can now remind you of the very thing that you were trying to forget. So once something is programmed, it can't be unprogrammed. That's the point. If I asked you to forget your ABCs, you couldn't do it. You learned your ABCs and that's it. They'll always be with you. Even if we forget something, once we are reminded of it, we can pick it up even faster, which means it's still stored in our memory. So learning through relating things is always happening, and it's beyond our control. So what if our mind learns a relationship that just isn't useful, or it's scary, or it's even painful? We don't even have to go through it to learn it. We could just learn it from hearing about it or watching TV Language about two things that we just came across in any old way and learned to relate them. Something like losing my job means I am a failure or relating this makes me feel good with this is now something I struggle to live without, even if it's harmful. That GPS tracker is forming relationships, whether they're workable or not, and then giving them back to us in the language of thoughts. And I like to use the word workable when I talk about thoughts instead of true or false, because what makes a thought so compelling is that pieces of it are often true. You may have failed, but you are not a failure. Something may be scary, but that doesn't mean it should be avoided. And you may not be good enough yet, 
but that doesn't mean you never will be. So when we have thoughts that are unworkable, we know it because they start to lead us down some pretty scary, difficult, or unfulfilling roads. So when it starts to take us there, we're going to need to find our own way out because there is no reprogramming and no delete button in the mind. The best it can do is offer a temporary relief, which is fine if the thought isn't too crippling. But if you think about that stuff that you struggle with the most, you'll probably find that your attempts to reprogram it or get rid of it or fight with it eventually lead you back to the same place. The mind wasn't built to navigate this inner world. It was built to navigate our environment so we could bend it to our advantage. So the answers aren't going to come from the GPS between our ears when it's screaming and redirecting us and we're stuck in this really dark place. At that point, we're going to have to see that this is how our GPS operates. That's how it learns. It's not personal. Sometimes it wants to misguide us. And that's okay. We're going to have to take its directions with a grain of salt and take action from that compass inside our own heart. But we can't do that if we're too busy being caught up in it or fighting it, being guided by it, or trying to figure out how to make the darn thing turn off. So we need a way of unhooking ourselves from language so we can see the words instead of being caught up in the meaning behind them, meaning that was created through the relationship between words. We need a way of relating to this so thoughts have less impact and influence so we can stand a chance of rerouting ourselves toward the kind of life and person we want to be about. So this is where we need to shift from the human mode of mind thinking, analyzing, strategizing, all of that stuff, to the being part of ourselves, the part that watches the mind with dispassionate curiosity and distance. So that's what it means to be mindful. Mindfulness is about watching our thoughts with distance. It's like watching that GPS system with its thoughts, opinions, warnings, unwise suggestions, just watching it without judging it seeing it from the perspective of programming. Now, you don't have to be spiritual to be mindful. And you don't have to sit for an hour to practice if you don't want to. Anytime you notice a thought that is unworkable, you can notice that as a thought and thank your GPS for its suggestion. You can practice by simply sitting for five minutes and putting each thought on the back of a truck and watching it drive away. Don't give it a push. Don't hold on to the truck. Don't try and hop in. Just let it drive away. If it drives back around, tries to pick you up again, say, thanks for the lift, but I'm okay. And what does this do? It helps us watch our mind as it tries to direct us and decide when we want to be directed and when it's best to just let that one go. It helps us give up the fight that idea that we have to change or fix ourselves or fix any thought that's happening. That's what we're doing with mindfulness. We're giving space so we can have some distance, so we can change our direction, aka what we do. 
there are a lot of ways we can unhook ourselves. We can get really creative with this. Anything that gives us distance. So you can give your mind a name. That'll help you separate from it. When it starts talking to you and saying things that are so negative or unworkable, you can, you can treat it like you're listening to the news on the radio. The news can be interesting, right? I'm not trying to shut it off. I'm just kind of curious about the fact that it's always negative. If it starts trying to direct you in the opposite direction you want to go, write it down. Write down its suggestion on a piece of paper and bring it with you as you do what you want to do anyways. You see, at one level, it's just noise, syllables strung together into words that the GPS made meaning out of, and it seems completely real, but that doesn't mean we have to be guided by it if it's leading us in circles or down a dead end. The question of whether to be guided by it is, is it workable? Is this working for me? And believe me, it's not workable when it starts beating you up or putting you down or telling you to go back, do this, take that certain path. It's also just what minds do. So again, my my suggestion for the week is to just notice throughout the week the kind of thoughts that you have. We have millions of them. And just notice if there are certain ones showing up that are leading you down some paths, some roads that aren't really taking you towards the peace and productivity and the kind of life you want and deserve. And when that happens, see if you can play around with this distancing stuff, the mindfulness stuff that we talked about in this episode. See if you can start to form a new relationship with those thoughts. I'm excited to see how you get on, and I'll talk to you again next week. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, If you got something from this episode, could you just do me a favor and leave some comment or at least hit that ratings button and give me some stars? I would really appreciate it. And if you'd like to hear more from me or you're interested in learning about coaching, you can head on over to ashleywalkneen.com, subscribe to my newsletter, and I'll tell you all about it. See you next time.